The public debate over same-sex marriage is in full swing with the start of the mail-out of postal survey forms. Schools have found themselves firmly in the crosshairs of the No campaign, with claims that legalising same-sex marriage will result in the mandatory teaching of certain sexual practices or that gender-specific language might be banned from the curriculum. One often repeated claim is that if same-sex marriage is legalised in Australia, schools will be forced to teach boys that they can wear dresses. All of the claims are unfounded, of course, and part of the fear-mongering intended to distract from the simple, single question that the survey is actually asking. Whether the law in Australia should be changed to allow same-sex couples to marry. For over a decade, Federation has held a position in support of same-sex marriage, which, like all Federation policies, was determined by a vote of members at annual conference. This position was reaffirmed in 2011, and at September Council, John Dixon made this statement. Council, today we celebrate diversity in a safe place, but understand it's not always a safe place for individuals to express who they are and who they love. Today, as General Secretary, I want to reiterate our union's clear support for marriage equality. The Teachers' Federation and its members aim to create a world safe for all young people, regardless of the gender or sexual identity, in which they are free to learn, grow and belong. We, of course, are in the middle of a process concerning marriage equality, a deeply flawed political process, but now the High Court has ruled the Puzzle Survey, a campaign we must win for a fair and just Australia. The fact is, if we stay quiet on this, we would be failing thousands of Federation members and public school students who are gay. We'd be failing every Federation member who has a gay son, daughter, brother, sister, mother, father, aunt, uncle, grandparent, cousin or friend who is currently not equal under Australian law. Some people are going to think that the union business doesn't, doesn't have any business getting involved in debates like this. We invite them to reconsider. This is core union business. We are about making life better for all our members and all Australians and ask them to read Maury's President Wright's article in the latest journal. I think it's one of his best. If you're a union member or supporter and you want people who love each other in, other in our country to be able to get married, vote yes. Talk to your family and friends. Talk with your community. The conservative forces in this country are hoping you are apathetic and won't return the survey form. Don't let that happen. Vote yes and change the Marriage Act. One real way that schools are affected by the same-sex marriage survey is the increased risk of bullying and harassment faced by students and teachers in our schools. After negotiation with Federation, Departmental Deputy Secretary Murat Dizdar sent out an email to all schools advising them of the need to be aware of instances of bullying that may arise as a result of the current public debate. He reminded schools of their obligations to provide a safe and welcoming environment, as well as linking to the Department's anti-bullying resources. Federation members are also reminded to contact Federation immediately if you are subject to or aware of any instances of bullying or harassment related to this matter. In school funding news, it has been several months since Malcolm Turnbull and Simon Birmingham announced their new schools funding model. But only in this past week did education ministers meet to discuss the new funding model and the associated review. Federation President Maury Mulherin joined with state and federal union leaders in Adelaide to press their concerns to the attending ministers. He joined me earlier to discuss the event. 
Well, there were two main issues they were discussing. Uh, clearly, one was the school funding arrangements uh, and the push by the federal government to make the states have to lift their level of recurrent funding to make uh, to make up for the shortfall in the federal funding that came out of the new legislation. So Birmingham was trying to pressure the states into uh, signing up for a deal for a new funding model where they're uh, meant to lift their levels of recurrent funding. At the same time, he's cutting back on his uh, commitment. So clearly that was a, that was a, there's a real tension uh, uh, between the states and the federal government on that issue. The other issue that... Uh, was uh, prominent uh, at the Education Council was NAPLAN Online. And the states and territories now, I think, are pretty concerned uh, with many of the equity and logistical issues surrounding NAPLAN Online. I suspect the state ministers were probably telling the federal minister that we need to slow down on this. Were there any agreements coming out of that meeting? I mean, on social media, there seemed to be a fair bit of pushback from the state ministers. Look, we know that uh, uh, virtually all the state ministers are pretty cranky with the federal government. They've they've seen the federal government uh, pull back on their commitment, um, try and develop a kind of form of coercive federalism on a whole range of what they call reform issues, uh, expect the states to have to cop the opprobrium from the profession on these so-called reforms, but at the same time uh, not give a, a decent funding commitment to the states. So the states are saying, hang on a minute, you want us to take all the heat on, on your agenda but not match any funding to it. In fact, we have to kick in more ourselves. So you can see why the states uh, and territories aren't at all pleased with the federal government and there's huge tension there. But then... After that meeting, Minister Birmingham's come out talking about a mandatory year one phonics test. Is this something that came out of that meeting? Well, it was uh, it was a minor item on the agenda. It's always been there, put there by the federal government. Um, it, it is the classic red herring. It's the classic distraction. He comes out of an education council where he gets very little agreement, a lot of pushback from the states. And so instead of going out to the media and say, I've just been rolled again by the state, state governments, he has to effectively come up with a, a new release. And so this year, year one phonics uh, test is the latest distraction. It's a dog whistle. It's saying to the community, you know, teachers don't really teach reading properly. Uh, they don't really teach kids how to read letters and the sounds of letters. Um, this is why we've got massive illiteracy. Nothing about the funding gap, nothing about the huge disadvantage, nothing about the literacy programs that are going to be cut by the federal government through the lack of funding. All about the this dog whistle that there's something wrong with the way we kids are taught. I think most people are uh, a bit of a wake-up to this. He's, he's also formed a, a, a so-called expert panel that's to report to the education ministers, the Education Council, in December at their next meeting. This expert panel has no experts on it. It has no expertise. Indeed, there's no educators, there's no researchers, there's no teachers on it. It's, uh, it's chaired by the head of the uh, Centre for Independent Studies, uh, Jennifer Buckingham, a non-teacher who uh, writes for The Australian, uh, fiercely ideological, fiercely right-wing, and borrowing an idea from the British Tory party who tried to introduce a phonics test over there, uh, trying to follow Britain, a country that is very low down the OECD rankings when it comes to the teaching of literacy and numeracy. And it's one of those uh, distractions that uh, we will have to, of course, be aware of and push back on it. The, the frustrating thing, I think, for teachers is phonics is 
a mandatory part of the Australian curriculum across the country. Uh, phonics is one of a, a range of strategies uh, that's taught to young children when they begin to learn to read. Indeed, you can't teach children to read unless you have some important uh, uh, interventions with letter sounds and phonics. But as children become more sophisticated readers, they'd need more sophisticated reading strategies. And phonics isn't a sophisticated reading strategy as kids get older. It's important as a building block, but they need to be able to learn to uh, cite words. They need to learn to read in context. Uh, a word like R-E-A-D, can, can, it could be read or it could be read, but the context is all important. Teachers know this, and I think teachers are very frustrated with politicians who play with this area uh, for purely ideological reasons. So what does this test actually involve, and what are some of the limitations of it? Well, we simply don't know exactly what uh, involved in the test. In Britain, of course, they had made-up words, not even real words in the English language, and kids were meant to read out of any context, uh, uh, a word that someone had made up, which is crazy kind of stuff. There's no research basis uh, for this kind of thing. The reality is we are not short of data. We're drowning in it. We're drowning in testing data. It's not like teachers don't know a student's weakness and their strength and what they need to do. We have to be mindful the teachers, every single day the children walk into their classrooms, make 101 observations, um, and, and many of them diagnostic. We have a lot of rich, authentic material that teachers use to shape the learning. A snapshot diagnostic test of a, of a six-year-old, which will be reported back to the school months later. You're serious about that that's going to somehow improve a child's reading? What will improve a child's reading is resources. The very resources are being ripped out by the federal government. We know that what works best is the effective relationship between the child and the teacher, working on a one-to-one -one basis, additional speech pathology help, uh, teacher's aides in the rooms, uh, small group work, uh, a variety of reading, parental reading schemes that involve uh, kids reading at home. We know all of those strategies work. Uh, a snapshot diagnostic test, so-called, is just a, another another distraction. My understanding is that the new funding model was meant to be accompanied by a review into effective teaching strategies. Now, the parameters for that review have only been announced in the past week, yet here we have a strategy being announced. How does that add up? Well, uh, that's true. Simon Birmingham wanted to separate the issue of resourcing funding with uh, strategies, what, what's effective in schools. Well, the first thing we would say as a professional, well, you can't separate them. Resourcing and strategies have to be dealt with at the same time. It's, it is extraordinary that here he is talking about a phonics test and, and making big pronouncements, even though he's got no agreement from the states, but pushing it to the Murdoch press to push out. But the review itself was meant to come up with what's effective, to review into efficacy. Uh, what are the teaching and learning strategies that we need to deploy in our schools? So it's predetermining that outcome. What worse, I think, though, is the announcement only last week that there's not going to be virtually any time for the profession to engage with this new Gonski review because of the very short time frame. It's only just a few weeks. I think it closes uh, October 13th or something. It's uh, it's only it's only open for a few weeks. 
I think there's one week where that where it's common that all states will still be at school. So in other words, with the with the October holidays coming, the opportunity for principals and executive teachers to involve the staff and parents and a school community in a discussion uh, in order to devise a submission isn't there. So what will happen, of course, is the profession, school communities, parents, principal groups, teachers, locked out again from the process because of the deliberate short time frame. And uh, this is where we get the crazies coming in and dominating, potentially dominating the kind of discourse. So what will Federation's action be in response to this? Well, the AOU federally, um, our national union, will be, as we speak, developing a, a very detailed submission that will be put to this new Gonski review on behalf of the profession across the across the country. The Teachers Federation will have uh, direct input into that submission and, and help shape it. But we, of course, will need to put in our own submission and encourage others to do so. Even though it's a very short time frame, uh, we'll do our best to make sure that the voice of the profession is heard. And that was Federation President Maury Mulherin on the new school funding model and reports of a mandatory phonics test for primary school students. Finally, earlier in Term 3, Federation learned that teachers facilitating the NAPLAN online trials were being asked to sign confidentiality agreements that created a relationship between teachers, ACARA and Pearson, the private company developing the tests. Federation immediately advised all members not to sign the agreement, which was lacking in crucial details and which was being forced on teachers without teachers being allowed to keep a copy for their own records. At September Council, Deputy President Gary Zadkovich reported that after negotiations with Federation, the department had agreed to withdraw the confidentiality agreement. In doing so, they acknowledged that the current terms of employment for public school teachers covered everything the agreement set out to do, and that any additional agreements were unnecessary. Any of these agreements already signed up to this point were also declared null and void. The end of Term 3 is fast approaching. When Term 4 commences, we will be sending out information and resource kits about the school's funding campaign, school staffing, casual teachers and teacher permanency, and teacher workload. But for now, Federation wishes members a safe and restful October break. Federation Update is produced by the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Spoken by Cameron Malcher, edited by Jason Nicholas. 